trouble because of the waves and the wind was blowing because because oh, um between between three and six o'clock in the morning Jesus followers were still in the boat. Jesus came to them, was walking on the water. Then the followers saw him walking on water. They were afraid. They said, it's a ghost, and cried out in fear. But Jesus quickly spoke to them. He said, have courage. It is I, don't, don't be afraid. Peter said, if that is really you, well then tell me to come to you on the water. Then Jesus said, Peter left the boat and walked on water to Jesus. But when Peter saw the wind and the waves, he became afraid and began to sink. He shouted, Lord, save me. Then Jesus reached out his and oh, his hand and caught Peter. Jesus said, your faith is small, why did you doubt? After Peter and Jesus were in the boat, wind, wind became calm. Um, then those who were and the boat worshiped Jesus and said, You are truly the Son of God. Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ. Seated, and all of our young and young at heart to come forward for the children's message, and that means, Dad, you got to bring Hadley up, too. Right, it is a compass. What is a compass for? Um, 
if you get lost, you can probably find your way um, to where your car is. Yeah. Right. What if you're what if you're out in the woods and and you get lost? Could a compass help you there? Yeah. Yeah, it could help you there. Maybe you'd have to know how to use it, wouldn't you? Well, in the gospel today that Riley read to you, it was a story about the people that were on the boat and Jesus was walking on the water, and when he invited Peter to walk. Peter started walking on the water, but then what happened? He sunk. He sunk. Yeah, why did he sink? He was walking on the water, and all of a sudden, he started sinking. What would make that happen? He, what, he lost his bravery. Lost his bravery? Anything else that you think might make that happen? He lost his faith. Lost his faith, yeah. And do you think he was scared when he started sinking? Yeah, probably. That would be scary because you're walking and on top of the water and all of a sudden you start sinking, you get scared, you've kind of lost, like Brady said, you've lost your faith. So what I want, what I'm going to do today is give you each a compass. And this is to remind you that sometimes you're going to be scared and sometimes Things might happen and, and it makes you scared or things might not be going the way you think they should. And this compass is going to remind you that, you know what, you can always find your way back to Jesus, back to God, no matter how bad things get. Okay? Yes, it really works. So, when I pass this little bag around, you reach in here and get one, then hand the bag to somebody else so they can get one. And Miss Pat, can we have Brady and Emily pick up their compasses for their sisters because their sisters are pretty little yep. and those Love are pretty small. Orange. <laughs> I'll get mine for Okay, you got one. You want to pick out one for Hattie? Yeah. What color do you want, Dad? Do you want green? Green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hattie can't have it, so you can have hers. Okay, yeah. I know you can. Oh yeah, it does work. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia. So let's not give it to her yet. Why don't you hang on? It's kind of small. It says we're supposed to go that way. Well, it depends on which direction you want to go. Hi, Patty. What's that? Let's see if it will fit on the Okay, let's bow our heads and say a little prayer. Sandra, you ready? Let's bow our heads. And repeat after me. Dear Lord. Dear Lord, thank you for the rain today. Thank you for the rain today. And thank you for helping us find our way back. And thank you for helping us find our way back to you when we're scared or lost. To you when we're scared or lost. Amen. Amen. Okay. My dad's favorite part of any church service is the children's service. So I'm glad that he got to actually fully experience it. And he got a compass, so... So, I am terrible with scary movies. I don't know about any of you, but I really just shouldn't watch them in general. Um, that would make sense though, right? And unfortunately, some scary movies have really good stories, and so I want to see how the story ends, even if that means watching the entire film on mute, because what's really scary with movies is not so much the actual story, but the music leading up to the scary parts, right? And secondly, sometimes I get scared during movies that aren't really meant to be scary, like Beauty and the Beast, 
not the remake, the original film from the 90s. I remember watching it as a kid, and I absolutely loved it. I was obsessed with Belle, the nerdy, bookish princess. I would watch the movie over and over, except there was a problem. The Beast. He was way too scary. And so every time I would watch the scene where he starts throwing furniture around, I would flee behind the couch and hide. And I watched this regularly, and every single time I found myself behind that couch, almost in tears, waiting for it to be over. And I'm a little more able to watch that scene now, but there are still plenty of things to be afraid of as an adult. And sometimes they are things that I can hide from or avoid, like a fear of heights and a sort of silly decision to go bungee jumping. A few years ago, a friend and I went to New Zealand and decided that, of course, we would try bungee jumping over a beautiful, clear lake. That's exactly what you do when you go to New Zealand. And we had jumped before in Washington, but the place we went here felt a lot safer than the one there for some reason. And so I was terrified. I was filled with fear, fear of jumping 150 feet and not being pulled back up, fear that my feet would slip through these really flimsy fabric anklets that were supposed to grab me somehow. It was just fear, fear, fear. I wanted to flee, to run and hide behind my couch, but unfortunately, we had already paid. And so my friend told me I had to do it. And eventually, after a few start and stops, the gentleman helping the jumpers told me to look forward, and then I felt the slightest nudge, <laughs> and off I went. I'm glad I didn't give up on it. I jumped, sort of and now I don't have to ever do that again. <laughs> but I fought against my fear. There are two basic ways all animals, humans included, deal with fear. It's flight or fight. In response to fear, we might respond with flight, by running away, by hiding, or by avoiding the situation. Like running and hiding behind the couch when the beast gets a little too scary, or, throwing, or watching him throw furniture around and deciding to hide behind the furniture in my own house. In response to fear, we might respond with fight. For animals, this is often literally fighting for their lives, but fight mode for us often has very little to do with actual violence. We might respond in fight mode by standing up for something, by persevering through difficult situations, by leaning into the fear and trying to fight our way through it. Like standing on the edge until finally a nudge helps you to jump. In our text from 1 Kings and Matthew, we have two examples of people dealing with fear. Elijah in 1 Kings is a prophet, which is someone who speaks truth about God. He would have been like a religious leader trying to lead the Jewish people to do what was right. And unfortunately for Elijah, a lot of people don't want to hear what's right. And as a prophet, he angered the queen in the area. She had declared that she would have him killed and had sent assassins out for him. <clears throat> He's afraid, he fears for his life, and rightly so. Elijah goes into flight mode, and he runs and hides in a cave. And as Elijah is hiding out, something happens. God begins to speak to Elijah. God asks Elijah why he is hiding there, and Elijah tells him the whole story, that the people he was supposed to preach to are trying to kill him, and so he's hiding away to protect himself. And so God tells Elijah that God will come to him for God to pass by someone it meant they would literally experience God's direct presence. This was a big deal. And as Elijah was filled with fear, I wondered if he was hopeful that God's presence would be in this big, blowing wind that shook the mountain and broke the large rocks off of the entire earth, 
Or I wondered if he was hoping that God would come like this huge earthquake or like the fire billowing around him. Because that's how Elijah would have imagined the presence of God, as something big and scary on its own. And I wonder if Elijah hoped that God would be big and scary, because sometimes having something bigger and scarier than your fears makes you feel a little better. But instead, it isn't until Elijah hears a gentle, quiet voice, sometimes translated the still, small voice, that he knows God's presence is with him. God doesn't come to Elijah as something bigger or scarier than Elijah's fears. God comes as something small, quiet, and calming. And because of this experience, Elijah had the strength to get out of that flight mode and moves into fight mode. After our reading ends, Elijah goes to stand up for what he believes in, to stand up for God. Elijah leaves his cave and goes to crown the next king over Aram, the next king over Israel, and the next prophet to help fight against the queen of the northern kingdom. God comforted Elijah in his fear, and Elijah goes to fight through his fears. Most of the disciples in the boat in Matthew are terrified of the storm blowing around them. They've been on the boat all night trying to cross the water and haven't been able to get anywhere. They're stuck. And although some of them were fishermen and were used to working on boats, it was still a terrifying endeavor because most people in Jesus' day didn't know how to swim. So the idea of their boat rocking so much because of the storm would have been terrifying for them on their own, just thinking about maybe falling in and not being able to get back out. And then they see a figure standing on the water, and logically, since as Brady taught me yesterday, to walk on water, a person would need to run 37 miles per hour. They don't assume it's Jesus there. They assume it must be a ghost, and they are all terrified. I wonder how many of them were hiding behind boxes or debating if jumping in the water was worth the risk. But it, we know it wasn't a ghost walking towards them on the water. It was Jesus. And so Peter hears Jesus speak, and instead of flight mode, instead of hiding, Peter tells Jesus to call to him, to call him out onto the water, and Jesus does. Peter stands up and walks through the fear, even though that fear meant walking off the boat and onto the water, and he begins to go towards Jesus. We all experience different kinds of fears. Fear of danger, fear of others, fear for others, fear of doing or saying the wrong thing, fear of the future. There's a lot to be afraid of in our world. And sometimes we do need to respond to fear with flight mode. Sometimes it's the right move to hide behind the couch or in a cave, to run from someone trying to hurt you. Sometimes it's totally healthy to avoid something that you know scares you, like terrible scary movies or jumping off of a giant bridge. You probably don't need to do that. But just as sometimes it's right to run, sometimes we need that fight mode. Sometimes we need to jump to face our fears, sometimes we need to take a step out onto the water to name brokenness and sin around us and to work towards something better. Watching this weekend unfold in Charlottesville, Virginia has been heartbreaking for me. The hatred and violence that has occurred has brought up some real fears and troubled my heart. I fear for those who are victims of violence. My heart aches for families that won't see their loved ones again. I fear for people of color who hear words of hatred and violence against them. It's weekends like this that have me worrying over how we can better love as Christ has loved. How can we love others regardless of their skin color, of where they're from, who they love, or who they worship? 
There were moments when reading the news where I wanted to cover my eyes and hide from the brokenness and the sadness I was feeling. I have fears around even naming racism in our world today, and when reading through the news this weekend, I felt myself sinking like Peter in the chaos of the waves. There seems to be so much hatred in our world, and sometimes I am afraid that love is just not enough. Racism and violence are big and scary. They are huge, systematic problems, and they are issues that are sometimes in our hearts without us even realizing it. And for the really big stuff, the big and scary, the fears that seem bigger than we are, we need God. Elijah is only able to leave that cave and stand up against the rulers of the northern kingdom because God's presence is with him. If God hadn't passed by Elijah, he may have been in that cave for the rest of his life. When Peter steps out of the boat, at first he is able to walk on the water, but then he begins to sink after looking around him at the waves and the chaos. What if he drowns? He can't even swim. What is he thinking? There are so many waves. There's more than he can possibly deal with. His fear starts to spiral, and Peter begins to sink into the water. But for the really big stuff, the big and scary stuff, we need God. We need Jesus. And so did Peter. Jesus reaches his hand out to Peter and gives him the strength to stand up, to face his fear, to keep trying. Even when our faith is small, even when we have doubts, even when we're hiding or sinking, God is there with us. It might be in a quiet, gentle voice or in a hand reaching out to us, but no matter what, when we are facing fear, we are not alone. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, passes by us, reaches out to us, lives in us. Because the Son of God, who has power over creation by walking on water and calming a storm, this Jesus took all that power and went to the cross for us so that we don't have to be afraid, so that we can know that we are promised forgiveness and life so that we can let Jesus pull us up out of the water of our fear, so that we can listen to a gentle, quiet voice calling out to us, calling us away from the cave of fear we might hide in, so that we can know that love is enough. And we are called to name brokenness and sin, called to share love and mercy, called to be God's hands and feet in the world. Jesus rose from the dead so that we can live with courage. Jesus rose from the dead so that we can live with courage. Courage to stand up, courage to care for our neighbor in need, even if it's scary. Courage to live in this world as children of God, regardless of race, gender, orientation, nationality, anything that might divide us. Jesus gives us the courage to reach out our hands. Because Jesus, in all his love, in all his power, is reaching out to each and every one of us. Thanks be to God. Amen.